prepare yourself for invasion. This is Indie Invasion. Malerkin no more. For centuries the Malerkin lived, worked, and traded with the surface world. Their peaceful existence would not last, however, as their earlier migration had not gone unnoticed by their ancestral enemies, the Drow. The Drow periodically skirmished with the defenders of Malerbode, gradually encroaching on and occupying more and more areas of the Dwarven home after their first incursions in the Year of Fervent Glances. The Year of Purloined Power changed the status quo of Malerbode as a huge swell of drow swarmed from the depths of the Underhalls, overwhelming the dwarves and slaying King Malair IV, the last clan chief of the Malerkin. The dwarves retreated to successively lower and less important levels of the Underhalls until their disappearance in the Year of Spoiled Splendors. It is unknown how many, if any, of the Malerkin survived, but scholarly estimates are that perhaps a hundred or more of the dwarves likely migrated south, pursued by Dark Elven scouts. The fate of these survivors is shrouded in mystery, but some sages believe that the descendants of the Malerkin somehow played a role in the formation of the realms of Falorm, the Fallen Kingdom. Other scholars theorize that the Malerkin survived the purge in the deeper confines of Undermountain, but none know for certain. The Drow occupied the Underhalls for nearly nine centuries, though they only ruled it for 134 years before the arrival of Halaster Blackcloak in the Year of Scattered Stars. Halaster's hunts, held at various times from 171 to 308, brutally exterminated large pockets of Drow and Durgar, driving them out of the Underhalls as they had done to the dwarves. By the year of the cruel storms, the mithril in the mines had been exhausted, and they were abandoned by the Durugar by the year of fallen flagons. Halister ruled the Underhalls by the year of the Cascade, and the Drow, forced into the lowest levels of the Underhalls, abandoned the former dwarf home entirely by the year of the ecstatic priest. The Coming of Shraden Mulafor. By the time he drove the drow from his domain, Halaster had abandoned his lair above ground and taken up permanent residence in the lands below. His actions in building and stocking the underhalls and taking on apprentices to teach attracted explorers and adventurers from the four corners of Toril. Among them, a wizard by the name of Shraden Mulafor, 
contemporary of Hallister from faded Netheril. The necromancer known as Shraden Mullifor was the only man to ever meet and exceed the expectations of Hallister. In the year of the Angry Sea, Shraden discovered the ruins of the Sargoth Enclave and petitioned the Lord of the Underhalls for permission to settle and use the ruin and skull-filled chamber as his personal domain. A pact of non-aggression was forged that day that Hallister has had no cause to breach in the 222 years of the port city's existence. Genesis of Villainy Shortly after he took up permanent residence, Shraden's efforts led to a small trading settlement being built from the ruins of the long-dead Netherese city. While few buildings survived intact, some original Netherese architectural remnants can be found along the upper cavern walls and among some other buildings in modern-day Skullport. The renewed activity in the area and hints conveyed by Shraden and the workers he brought in that the area was once again being settled attracted other races to the recently cleared caverns. Darrow, Illithids, Durgar, and even the Drow were drawn from their perpetually dark abodes to trade with the powerful necromancer. Fear of the wizard's considerable magical powers, along with his rumored alliances with Hallister Blackcloak and the mysterious skulls that lent Skullport their name, fostered peaceful trading within the port's environs. Shraden, acting as the Lord of Bones and with no little help from Hallister himself, encouraged trade with foreign powers by magically redirecting subterranean waterways from the Underdark to connect with the River Sargoth and creating permanent gates leading to distant seas and oceans. The Skulls, combined with Shraden's mastery of necromantic magic, acted as the only true authority in the port. Within 25 years of its rediscovery, Skullport had grown well beyond the bounds of a trading post into a secure settlement. Smugglers, slavers, assassins, thieves, and buccaneers flocked to the Port of Shadow to conduct their business, spend their blood money, and indulge in other skulldudgerous pursuits. Others found themselves banished from Waterdeep to the lightless environs below. Unscrupulous merchants, greedy nobles, and even ambitious guildsmen were banished to here by the Waterdavian magisters to remove them from the law-abiding realm of the City of Splendors. In the year of countless scribes, the keepers arrived in Skullport and took control of providing access to and from the port. By the year of the leering orc, the keepers had reactivated the magical locks that had lain dormant for centuries, making it possible for ships to safely and rapidly gain access to the Port of Shadow. Surprisingly, in the year of the Agate Hammer, 
the lords of Waterdeep constructed the hoist, a massive system of blocks and tackles capable of lifting and manipulating seagoing vessels into or out of the locks leading to and from the Port of Shadow. With the hoist in place in the South Sea Caves, the Lords hoped to at least limit some of the movement to and from Skullport. Of course, the hoist also provided them with a means of doing away with undesirables of their own and new income from fees for its use. Within six decades, the hoist was abandoned by the Lords and their agents to the Keepers under mysterious circumstances. Some whisper it was Lord Kerrigan, the traitor lord who wiped out all knowledge of the hoist among the lords and gave it to his subterranean allies as a bargaining chip in his bid to overthrow open lord Agherion in Waterdeep. By the year of the Howling Hourglass, Shraden had taken to exploring the depths of the Underhalls, presumably with Halaster's leave. He returned, a changed man, unstable and unpredictable. The once great necromancer had apparently lost his faculties after numerous encounters with the horrors of the Underdark. The name Shraden Mullifor no longer commanded the fear and respect that it once had, but most still avoided him due to the magical items he possessed and his still potent command of necromancy. Shraden continued to bear the mantle of Lord of Bones for many years until the year of the Gauntlet and the events known as Halaster's High Harvest Tide. In the ensuing chaos brought on by Halaster Blackcloak's absence from Undermountain, the Skulls sought out and seemingly destroyed the ailing necromancer According to those who witnessed the magical exchange, Shraden, as well as his personal effects, were instantly reduced to a pale red mist that drifted away from the scene of carnage. Since that time, the skulls have ruled, apparently unchallenged. Thanks, guys, for listening to today's tales. You can find our Indie Invasion podcast on all podcast platforms, including Podbean, Google, and iTunes. And please visit us on Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, Twitter. And if you can, support us on Patreon slash Indie Invasion. And feel free to email us with any questions or comments at IndieInvasion at gmail.com. And remember, guys, don't forget to prepare yourself for the invasion. <laughs>